A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Noel's been on to us, uh, just uh, read this to you, it's just come in to us uh, a few moments ago, to suggest that all the sh- local shop owners in Drogheda and Dock, Ardy, Cullen and the villages in Loud display the red and white colours uh, ahead of the Leinster final this coming weekend and he wants to wish the Loud team the very best of luck on Sunday. What an achievement. It's not every day that our county gets to a Leinster final. Here, here, Noel. I agree with you there. So Noel would like to see more shops and businesses displaying the red and white. And that segues nicely into our first guest on the show today because Barry Cullen is a volunteer with Louth and he joins me on the line to talk about this special one-off jersey that's been commissioned for the Leinster final. Afternoon, Barry. Uh, good afternoon, Jerry, and thanks for having me on your show. Not at all. You're very welcome. Well, halcyon days for loud fans, Barry. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic, Jerry. There's no doubt in the world about it. It's great. As Alice says, we, we all have to make hay while the sun shines, and it's shining today. And please God for the rest of the week, and hopefully on, on in Crow Park on Sunday, where we hope to have a big contingent of loud people supporting the, the loud team and management, you know, in the Leinster final. Mm, it's been some uh, ride with Mickey Hart, hasn't it, since he took over from where he took over the team in the lower divisions to march right through the leagues, almost making Division 1 this year, very, very close to making the uh, top eight counties in the country. And then this Leinster final to uh, put the icing on the cake. And, of course, the All-Ireland series to come ahead in the summer, which is fantastic. Are you pinching yourselves? Yeah, I think I think all the games are. I suppose that's why that's why you know I've been on the radio today is an opportunity, uh, you know, for for us all as loud supporters uh, of both the county board and, and loud GAA. Like it's just unbelievable uh, the journey that that Mickey and Gavin on this backroom team has taken loud football uh, over the last two years. And I think it's it's very important for for us all to recognise that, and, and, and more importantly, to support it uh, in whatever capacity uh, we can, uh, whether that's through businesses and loud gales, and, and, and obviously be pleading with anybody, all your listeners today, you know that that the, the loud. So I didn't get there without a major cost uh, in relation to the services that's required to, to be successful. But Mickey and Gavin has has um, plenty of background in success at winning all islands, and uh, we are very lucky to have a management team in place that has brought Loud to their first Lancer final in 13 years and, and their second in 63 years, you know, and 
I think the important thing I just need to clarify, Jerry, is that, you know, Loud will be wearing their traditional red and white jersey on Sunday um, for the final. Uh, and that, that's most important. And it's a very traditional colour for Loud, you know. Yeah, now that's why as well you're with me today. But I will say before we go on to that, that you're so right. When Mickey and Gavin were in Tyrone, you had Team Tyrone, and that was a massive machine behind them. Because you're right, it may be an amateur game, but it costs a lot to, you know, manage a, a setup like Loud at the moment. The, the backroom staff, all that's involved with the team and getting them into tip top condition. I'm well aware of that. Of course I am. And money has to be found to do that. And if you don't find the money and you don't support that, well, it's quite obvious you won't have the success. Now, look, the controversy has been about this one-off jersey that's been produced for the Leinster <coughs> final. It's basically a black jersey with a red trim. But the idea behind this, this is part of the fundraising push, isn't it? It is, uh, Jerry. yes. Uh, 100%. And just maybe before I go on to that, like, you know, in relation to, to Lao our, our costs um, from two years ago at 300,000 a year has gone up to 600,000 a year. So, you know, that needs to be. It's not sustainable, and it needs to be helped upon the way. And this, this is one of many of many ideas. In yeah. 2010, I was involved with Peter in in the Loud team, and and we've done much the same a uh, jersey for the final, and we raised over fifty thousand euros that that covered the cost of a of a player's trip and training uh, to the USA. So look, you know, the alternative jersey, it's an alternative jersey. It's not a replacement jersey for anything, but it's definitely an alternative jersey that the traditional colours is incorporated in the jersey. Mm. Red and white is in the black jersey. And if required over the next two years, that loud need to use it because the jersey clashes, well, that's what they'll be using, you know, which I think personally... You know, if we had a white one, people would say it's Kildare. We have a black one, they're saying it's down. If we have a green one, they'd be saying it's close to me. You know, if we have a blue one, you know, Kerry comes out and wears blue uh, miles away from their traditional colours in, in, in huge games uh, in the GAA. So we feel, you know, that it's important that in order for us to to complement what's going on, uh, and, you know, you know yourself as well, black is a very, very fashionable colour at the moment for the general public. Mm. And also, um, on that as well, you know, we've got some leisure wear and training wear for the team, uh, and we've been using that over the last number of years. Uh, and a lot of the players uh, love the colour. Right, they love the colour. So they, they like it. So, so just to, to just to come in there, what you're saying, yeah. you, you are aware there's been a backlash because of this jersey. I've seen it myself on social media, and people are not happy. Now, one thing you said there earlier on may calm the waters. It's not going to be worn in the Leinster final on Sunday. Loud will be out in their traditional red and white. But I hear what you're saying. Maybe an alternative colour where there's a clash for the future, and that is fair enough. Many counties have quite different colour shirts to their county colours, as they say. But, you know, a lot of people were very unhappy from that point of view. And I suppose, as well, people are saying, and I'll just put this to you, you know, the cost, they've bought the traditional red shirt and they have that, and now there's another shirt. By the way, how much are your shirts selling for? How much are these shirts costing? The shirts are 95 euros for an adult one, 
and 70 euros for a kid's one. Okay. And again, um, you know, you, can you understand, though, some parents saying that, that, you know what I mean, it's another jersey that, you know, kids yourself, they want the all the jerseys. They want the jersey for uh, the memories that it will give them in the years to come for the Leinster final. Can you understand people feeling like that? Yeah, I can, yeah, Jerry. I mean, you know, on a personal level, I'm in business and I'm a very successful business, thanks to the goal, but I wasn't brought up with a silver spoon and, and obviously, yes. you know, anything that I ever achieved in life, I had to wait until I uh, was afforded to pay to, to be able to get it. And, and I do respect uh, people's opinions uh, on it, but a lot of loud gales, you know, you know they, they, they support the initiative, you know, rather than the cost. You know, if 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 we decided that we had to listen, you know, to, and appreciate that there's some people is not in a position to buy another jersey, but there's lots of other people out there that is in a position and they can afford to buy another jersey. This is to support the players' training fund. Yeah. This is to support what we have on Sunday in a Leinster final for the first time in 13 years. This is to support something that has only happened twice in 63 years. This is not to undermine the cost that, that, that some people cannot afford, and I appreciate that 100%. But in principle, you know, there's 40-odd thousand people in Dundalk, 40-odd thousand people in Loud. Surely there's, there's a percentage of them people that will be able to afford this jersey in order to support what we're all talking about. For the next week, I know, I know your programme will be all about Loud for the, for the week ahead. And I think it's important to understand both, both sides of it, uh, Jerry, yeah. in relation to... Yes, to I, I hear what you're saying. And, and and that's... Look, Barry, you are understanding that people won't be able to... And that's really uh, fine. And we all hear what you're say, saying there. And you're right. There's some people can. Some people can't. It's the same with uh, most things in life. But important to say again for listeners that they will wear the uh, traditional colours on Sunday in Croke Park against Dublin. This jersey specifically to help fund the success. And I think that's what people miss out. And I'll just come back to that again. It takes money, Barry. And you've just mentioned the double. Uh, it's doubled what the cost of this uh, from a few years back to today. Well, Jerry, you know, and that leads me on. Like, our chairman, Peter Fitzpatrick, he was the manager in 2010. We got to a Leinster final. He's the chairman in 2023. We got to a Leinster final. He became chairman in, 20, in November 2019. We're going to have a stadium in 2024. These people, you know, Peter is a very driven person. You know, being the chairman of the county board, being a previous manager, being a previous player, you know, they're, they, to me, you know, they're the people that need to be supported. Aidan Beryl, treasurer of the county board since since 2010. So this is a second, uh, a second Leinster final as a treasurer. Some treasurers went through a lifetime and, and never got to a Leinster final. And in fairness to Aidan, like Aidan's doing a fantastic job as treasurer. And if I can reach out to say to any business person that gives any money towards anything in Loud, you can be assured that your money has been spent very, very wisely. And the cost, as I said earlier on, Jerry, the cost of, of presenting inter-county teams has gone from 300000 to 600000 There's nobody shouting and roaring giving out uh, that they can't get what, what they want. They're maybe not able to get everything that they want, but certainly from, from a perspective, Aidan has a responsibility that he is to look after the money of the county board that comes in and every help is needed in order for us to be able to sustain that. Mm. 
and, and ultimately, you know, you spoke about Mickey and Gavin, you know, and their needs and what all they have done to this point. And it's important that we as a county support them. And, and I can tell you one thing in speaking to both parties. I've never seen two people that's from outside of Louth that has such a passion for Louth football and the achievements that they'd like to achieve within Louth for Louth. Mm. No, look, it's fantastic. And these days, people only dreamt about in the past. And I want to say it again. I've said it here. I've said it recently as well, that Peter Fitzpatrick has done a wonderful job. I always say that from he came in and what he's achieved so far and the future. Look, you can only hope that it, this will continue in this vein and progress will uh, progress will continue on the field and off the field as well with the new stadium. If you're listening to us today, if you want to get in touch with us, if you've anything to say about loud success, the new jersey, the one-off jersey for the final, anything at all, we love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. That's 086-1800-658. And you can get in touch with us directly here to studio. Barry, you want to, um, before you go, look, I wish you well. I want to wish Loud well, which I will be doing over the next few days, being a Loud man myself, of course, on Sunday in the final against Dublin. And I think they're in with a chance, no matter what anybody says. Uh, They've been fantastic this year, and let's hope it continues into Sunday. But look, before you go, we've heard what you had to say. You make your case well, and you have an understanding where there is a financial call on people that the jersey the special jersey just can't be bought where can people get these jerseys because you have them in a range of sizes don't you from adult to child yeah they're in a, they're in a range of sizes uh, they've been, been all advertised there on social media there's quite a few of them sold out or probably down to the last maybe 80 or 100 jerseys from, from our promotion uh, my daughter Grace is looking after um, she's looking after the JRC sales and um, she can be contacted on social media and then there's a link and also uh, on Saturday in Darv or uh, whatever jerseys we haven't sold online uh, we can we will be selling them in Darv whilst the, the people who bought online will be picking them up in Darv on Saturday that'll obviously generate a little bit of an, an atmosphere around uh, Darv the centre of excellence uh, where you know all, all the training and all the preparation for all our teams including our minor team which is in the quarter final uh, of the minor championship will be so um, yeah so look it'll be uh, it'll be It'll be great if we could sell the jersey out, Cherry. Uh, yes. And more importantly, this jersey comes with printed with Leinster with Leinster football final twenty twenty three on it. Okay. You know, even though it's black, so it's yes. unique, you'll never be able to get this again. It's this a- is a unique jersey that's 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 only out particularly for the final. And and with a bit of luck, uh, win or lose, and particularly if we win, the jersey will become much much more valuable. <laughs> you know. <laughs> The reality I, to that is it may not it may not be ninety five years after the final. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you on the Antiques Road show with the value of this going up after <laughs> weeks. Absolutely unique it'll be. Anyway, yeah. look, Barry has given us folks kindly an adult jersey. It's XL XL adult jersey and a child's jersey, five to six year old. We're giving them away on late lunch this afternoon. Would you like to win win something unique that could be worth twice its value in a few days' time? If you would, here's my question to you today now they're in the Leinster final on Sunday against Dublin 
in what year did they last appear in a Leinster final? Now, uh, Barry's given you plenty of hints and tips already, so this is not difficult. When last did Louth appear in an infamous Leinster final? I want the year, please, with your name and details for the jersey, and we'll pick somebody for the adult jersey. XL, there's no change in these jerseys. It's an XL. You won't get any other size. You won't change the child's either. It's five to six years of age. That's very important to know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. When were Louth last in a Leinster final of the year with your name and details Barry you're going to sell out wish everybody well for Sunday and thank you so much for joining me on late yeah. lunch today could I, could I just could I just mention one thing before I go Jerry? yes just in relation to the county stadium which is going to be opening in September 2024 against Dublin and we're just looking for the support of all Loud Gale and your listeners today we have we have to sell 1500 seats in order, in order for us to show Croke Park that we have we have the capacity to raise 1.5 million, if we raise 1.5 million, Croke Park will back that by a multiple sum that will get the stadium over the line debt free for for the clubs of the county. We've already 500 t- seats out. We've 1,000 seats left. So I'm pleading for all loud gales and businesses in the county to please, please help us get that stadium project over the line. People don't understand or won't believe that what what this will bring, not alone to the town of Dundalk, but to the county of Loud. There will be possibly concerts there, inter-county games. That stadium will be used by Crow Park for years upon years to come. It will be huge massive boon to the county I hear what you're saying Barry absolutely brilliant thank you indeed for joining me today Barry yeah thanks very much Jerry. not at all take care of yourself there Barry Cullen volunteer with Louth County big win for Slane and in particular Inside Out Restaurant at the Yes Chef Dining Awards last evening because Inside Out was named Best Casual Dining in Ireland and joining me I'm sure full of beans is Adele Healy from Inside Out. Hello Adele. Hiya Jerry. how are you? Oh well I'm grand but you must be still floating are you? Oh we are just on top of the world, we can't believe it, we're thrilled, absolutely thrilled. I'm looking at your pictures here with the awards at the event as well, all looking very snazzy may I say as well. thank you Thank you very much. It has to be done. <laughs> it has to be when it comes to award nights. Look, at, tell us a little bit about this. You know, your best in Ireland. I know. Amazing. So basically, we won an award for best casual dining in Leinster. Yep. And uh, then we were called up for best casual dining in Ireland for the whole country. So you're provincial and all Ireland champions. Well, well, that's going to mead this year. If the Gaelic footballers can't do it, Inside Out Restaurant certainly <laughs> can win win Leinster's and win win all Ireland's. Tell us a bit about Inside Out. How long are you there, and how did you come to be in Slane? Well, we were seven years open. Or sorry, we were six years open. We're into our seventh year. Six years open there in December. We opened a week before Christmas in 2016. Um, my background, I'm about 26 years in the industry, Industry, and my partner, James, um, he's the chef behind the scenes. Mm. So um, we worked together for about 16 years now. We met in the Black Bull Inn in Drogheda. Right. So I was front of house there, and James was the head chef there. And we just had an opportunity. We just wanted to go out on our own, and this premises uh, became available in Slane. So um, we jumped at the chance. 
away you went and the rest is history. You really hit the ground running because, you know, from you open, I've been quite aware of this myself and I've been out with you a few times as well. Um, yeah. People love you. <laughs> it's going really well, Jerry. Thanks be to God. What's the secret? Is it the great food? Is it the front of house people? Is it I what? Think we have, I think we have the overall package. Right. Uh, the food is fantastic. Everything's cooked fresh to order. Um, there's a lovely ambiance in the restaurant. The front of house team are fantastic as well. Very welcoming. Our reviews are coming in. Five star reviews from our customers. So they must be doing something right, Jerry. You are indeed. And it's it's a tough business, Adele. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. It is. It is. We've, you know, it's been... We survived COVID, thanks be to God. There was an awful lot of businesses out there in the restaurant industry that didn't survive and had to close their doors. Mm. Um, during COVID, we were able to do takeaways, so that kept a few bob coming in, keeping the bills uh, being paid. And then we have a huge area at the back as well. So when we were only able to do the outdoor dining, we created about 120 seats outside the garden. Mm. So again, that kept us going and the customers were flowing in. We were probably doing about 250 customers a day with wow. the garden outside. Fantastic. Um, but, you know, it's been, it hasn't been easy. We no. have, you know, we've, we've had our struggles and we, thank you to God, we came out of it the other end. Mm. How are you faring at the minute? Because, like, you've you survived COVID, as you say, many didn't, sadly. And we think of those always in the context of ongoing businesses. But w- yes. what about today? Like, look at your gas, your electricity, the cost of the inputs into the food. Sure, like, it's, it's another huge challenge right at the moment. Absolutely. Now, like everywhere else, we've had to raise our prices to meet those um, rising prices and everything. You know, mm. we have had to up our prices on our menus. Um, and our customers understand that. And they're, they're coming in, they're getting good food, and they know that we have to cover our costs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thanks to God, we're actually, we're, we're so busy at the moment, I would be reckon pe- re- recommending people to book about two weeks in advance. Well, um, we're only open the four days a week from Thursday to Sunday. Okay, um, and it's it's just becoming more popular and popular. People are travelling to come out to us in Slane. Mm. So I, I would be recommending for people because you know they're they're a bit disheartened then when they can't get in if they're ringing on the day. Um, so what we're actually at at the moment, Jerry, we're opening up a new takeaway. Right. So it's two doors down from the restaurant. It's called Inside Out to Go. Uh, the takeaway has become very, very popular and we can only do so much from the restaurant. Okay. So this opportunity came up uh, at the building two doors down and we're going to open this Friday, this coming Friday at five o'clock. Well, good luck to you and well done <laughs> to you to be expanding in these times. Two weeks ahead of an order book. Good on you all. <laughs> do you have much issue with no-shows, just as an aside for a moment, you know, or... Yeah, we don't really. You might get the odd one here and there. But um, we have a good system that we use. It's called Res Diary. So people can book their tables online. They have to put their email address in. They get a reminder about their booking. So if somebody needs to cancel or they forget that they've booked the table, they get that reminder to ring us and cancel their table if they have to. But you will get the odd. You will get the odd one. But no, overall. And, and the thing is as well, we would have a waiting list. So if somebody does cancel kind of even last minute, we, we have a cancellation list and we always get people in. So it's very rare we'd have empty seats in the restaurants. You are sucking diesel, as they say, in this <laughs> neck of the woods. And isn't it great? Isn't it a, a joyous, good we're story? Just, yeah. We're so proud. We're so proud of all our team. They're just absolutely fantastic. All our kitchen staff, our chefs, our front of house, 
and uh, my my right hand woman as well, Alwyn McGain. I have to give her a little shout out there. Uh, she's taken over the role of managing the restaurant for me because I need to come out and get the takeaway up and running. Okay. Um, and our head chef Keith Hoy as well, and of course James, the main man James uh, Osden as well. So I just want to say, while I have you on the phone now, I just want to say thanks so much to everybody that has supported us in our last six years uh, in business and to every single member of our staff because Inside Out wouldn't be where it is today without them. Well said, you. And I just wanted to have a wee word with you today to acknowledge that Inside Out in Slane has been named Best Casual Dining, not alone in Leinster, but in Ireland last Ooh. night. Well done <laughs> to you all. Enjoy and enjoy Thank the success. Continued success to you, Adele, and everybody thanks, there. Thank you, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take all care right, of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Adele Healy there. Lovely lady, wonderful people, and we are simply delighted for them. What about uh, the the woman in Australia, Louise, who uh, survived? Was it on the bottle of wine? Was she missing for a week or something? She had some sweets as well, had she? A bottle Five of wine. Days. Five days. Mm-hmm. One bottle of wine. One bottle of wine. A few sweets. Yeah. You'd have survived in the sweets on your own. <laughs> What's in the back of my car? I could have survived for years. No, no, no. A packet of Fox's fruits and she oh, yeah. would live forever. <laughs> I've had so many people say to me, did she really suck the sweet for and 63 minutes? Folks, folks, let me tell you this because I've been stopped. I'm telling you, people are saying, <laughs> did she really? She took it out. She took it out. She didn't take it out. I guarantee you she didn't. She sucked it for 63 minutes. There you are. A packet of foxes and a bottle of wine so you could go away for a month. (laughs) 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 Ah, Louise, great stuff. Anyway, that's great news, isn't it, about Inside Out and Slane. Lovely people. Wonderful, wonderful place and we're delighted for them. It is Eurovision Week, Liverpool, because Ukraine can't host the contest and And we are there this very evening, Ireland, in the first semi-final. And I'm delighted to welcome to late lunch this afternoon, one of our own, Ken O'Sullivan. He's been covering Eurovision for 30 years, man and boy. Ken, welcome. It's hard to believe that my first Eurovision was actually in Milton. I went down with with the microphone and a tape recorder to do just a a little bit of uh, on the scene. How is is the village gearing up for Eurovision? And they end up falling in love with the whole thing and, and, and... and as you say, 30 years, it's such a, it goes by in the, the blink of an eye. Tempest Fugit, as they say, and Ireland, great success historically in Eurovision, but in recent years, not so. But let's begin first by talking about Liverpool hosting this contest. Look at uh, Britain had a fantastic song, the UK, last year. Probably would have won it only for, perhaps we say, the sympathy vote across Europe for Ukraine. I'm not being disrespectful there. But anyway, what about Liverpool hosting on behalf of Ukraine, Ken? I have to say I was, I was surprised at this because the two uh, favourites uh, to host the contest from the very start were Manchester and Glasgow. Glasgow because it's, it's a fantastic city and they, they, had a, they had a very good case. Manchester because they've got a massive uh, international airport and it's a new media headquarters for, for BBC and ITV and all the things. So they, they literally had, had the, 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 the biggest um, media facility in the world right on their doorstep. So when it was given to Liverpool, it was a bit of a surprise. It's a fantastic city and it's got a huge uh, musical culture and, and history, of course. But like I have to say, I was surprised when that announcement was made. Now, tonight is the first semi-final and we are there. 15 countries will perform and 10 will qualify for the final at the weekend, Ken. Surely, while youth, we are one, can make that top 10. I'm, 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 you know something, I'm actually not confident. 
And, and that's a bit of an understatement because, uh, first of all, it's not a terrific song. And secondly, they've been sort of lumbering from one uh, PR disaster after another. And it, 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 it doesn't look well. As well as that, there's also the complication that we don't have the traditional support that we can usually rely on. Australia and the UK, who usually vote for us, are not voting in the semi-final. They're voting in the second semi-final. So you have to say, where are the votes going to come from? And you look at the concentration of nations actually taking part in tonight, there's three Scandinavian countries, all with very strong songs. And there's uh, the spattering of, of Eastern European as well. I don't know where the traditional vote is going to come from, uh, both that we can actually rely on. And then when it comes down to the actual song, I just don't think it's strong enough. I think, I think we're actually going to be a little bit unlucky tonight and our bad run of only... only uh, getting into the final once in the last eight years is going to continue tonight. It's a shocking record. Look, at let's hope. I, I, I respect... I hope I'm wrong. I, yes. I really hope I'm wrong. Yes, I respect your expertise, but we are, I am, and I suppose everybody else is hoping that we do get through. But let's see what the evening brings. But the voting is something that you just can't rely on. But there are blocks there, and of course they do vote for each there, other. There, there is one other element too, of course, is that uh, for the first time this year, it will be telephone vote only. There's no jury vote in the semi-finals this year. No, they, they do have juries, but they're only backups in case there's a technical problem with, with the, the, kind of, the, the telephone votes through. And that's notoriously hard to predict. Um, so that, that's another element to be thrown into the mix. I, like I said, I'm not confident. I, I hope I'm wrong, but, but I, I, I think the lads are on their way home tomorrow. Well, there you go. That's Ken's view. Let's see what the evening brings. Now, uh, we have traditionally a fantastic record, but it's many moons ago. We still hold the record for most wins jointly, is it, with Sweden? With Sweden, yeah. And the, I think Sweden are actually, well, it's almost certain that Sweden are at some point going to overtake us because they throw enormous resources into Eurovision. And uh, and every year their national final is, is the biggest watch event in Swedish television. They actually get more votes uh, for songs in the Swedish national final uh, on the telephone board than there are people living in Sweden because people multiple votes. I mean, that, that's, that's the volume of votes we're talking about. It's a huge event up there. And as a result, that is re- reflected in the quality of songs that are actually put through to the final and, uh, and the, the, the level of competition is fierce up there. They are going to overtake us at some stage. Now, having said that, they won... Uh, with Lorraine, who's actually representing Sweden again uh, this year, right? And they, the one was a song called uh, Euphoria a few years ago. And the trouble is that this year's song is almost exactly the same. It's, it's very much the same type of song. And if Sweden uh, eventually overtake us, I would rather that it was actually with a better song than the one they're, they're having this year. So that's that's just kind of trying to decide by which means of execution you want to be, you want to be done away with. But however, um, I, I think I think Sweden will overtake us, but I hope not this year. So you've been running the rule over Eurovision on your show in recent weeks and you've uh, listened to all the songs who are taking part that are taking part mm. who are the the hot tips who do you think can carry away the title this time uh, I think the song that possibly might win it is going to be is going to be seen tonight in the first semi-final uh, a couple of songs to watch out for um uh, the, the Norwegian song is the first song on tonight, and that's when you when you see and hear the song, you're going to think straight away of Game of Thrones. It's it's, it's got that vibe of order, and that's uh, that's very very popular across Europe. But the one that I like is uh, is the one that's actually last in the running order tonight. It's uh, from a guy called Kalia, right? It's with the word lots of umlauts and all sorts of grammatical things in there, right? And the song is extremely high energy, and it's uh, it's very very catchy. It's called Cha Cha Cha. This guy actually dresses up in a costume, which which has 
green shoulder pads, which make him look like the Incredible Hulk. And it's very aggressive, very in your face and high energy. And it's extremely catchy. And uh, it's on last and then tonight. It's called Cha Cha Cha. And it's going to be a huge hit tonight. Uh, in the in the semi-final it's going to march into the final and I, and I think it's going to win a Saturday night We'll just stay there because we're going to cha-cha-cha for a moment let's have a listen to this song that Ken feels will qualify easily tonight and perhaps even win Eurovision Now, Ken, there it is. Yeah. We've had a listen there, Ken. So you think that's the one to watch? I do. I think so. I think that's the one to beat overall. Uh, there, there are a couple of other songs as well to, to watch out for. There's, there's a song in the second semi-final from Austria. Um, and I can't think of the name of the, of the performer. There are two girls that sing. And uh, it's about Edgar Allan Poe, the American poet and writer. Which it's, you can't think of that. What, what topics are they actually looking for? Other than actually they're digging up Edgar Allan Poe. But, but there's that anyway. There's a fantastic Latin-sounding song, a bit like Shakira from Poland. That's worth watching out for. And Australia have a good rock standard in the style of, say, the Food Fighters. Well, the, 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 those are songs to watch out for on Thursday night and, uh, and then it's anybody's guest. But it's, it's going to be a fantastic show. The BBC are going to put on a marvellous, marvellous show. It's, it's going to be something to, uh, to see and to appreciate. And the technicalities of it are going to be off scale. It's going to be one of the best shows I've ever seen. My, oh, my, you've really wet our appetites for sure. Well, I'm going to say thank you today and, we, and, and say... Here's to the next 30 years with Ken O'Sullivan on Eurovision. And we are going to finish a little chat today by listening to the Irish entry. Yes, it's wild youth and we are one and we wish them well. For the moment, good luck. Enjoy the next few days, Ken. Thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thanks very much, Jerry. Ireland's Eurovision entry tonight in Liverpool. 15 songs, 10 qualify, 5 go home. Surely that song is good enough to make it into the top 10. I really love that song. It's grown on me and grown on me. And the theme, we are one with all that's going on in Europe especially. Come on Europe, give us a vote tonight. Send us to the final and who knows at that stage. I do like that song. I'll be really disappointed if it doesn't qualify. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'm supposed to be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. Yes, sir. To this Tuesday, I personally love this song. It's a wonderful ballad and it was written specifically for the movie Stardust in 2007. It was certified platinum twice, selling over 1.2 million copies, but it fell short of the number one. Yes, your two on Tuesday this week comes from the brilliant Take That.
Ah, simply brilliant. Take that and rule the world. Yes, the greatest boy band of all time. They're far from boys now, but I think they were. Myself and Louise were just talking about it. They were the best, followed closely, I think, by Westlife. Anyway, that's your two on Tuesday. Well, I'm sure you're thinking it took a good one to keep that off top spot in the UK charts well it certainly did because when I tell you the song that prevented that making number one came straight in at number one X Factor was huge at the time she's an X Factor winner stayed top of the charts for seven weeks the biggest selling single of the year in the UK and right across the world yes it's Leona Lewis What a tune. Leona Lewis, the number one that prevented our two on Tuesday. Take that, rule the world, from making it to top spot. Seven weeks at number one. Louise, who for you? I think she rules the world. I oh, think I'll go with uh, Bleeding Love. It's a brilliant song. She shades it, doesn't she? It's it? a yeah. brilliant song. The two of them are brilliant. Oh, the two of them are brilliant. Could we declare it an honourable draw today? No? Uh, no. What do you think? No. No, that's okay. What would you, what would you vote for? Oh, no, Leona Lewis' okay, song go. is just unbelievable. Song. And Take That is wonderful great, too. There's only know. a hair's breadth between them, mm. but we'll give it to Leona. Yeah, yeah you should have pulled try- up a song that song. I, I was trying to... I was trying to be a little magnificent, <laughs> but sure, I know that's you see that's what I have to put up in here every day. No, 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 there's no compromise it is at all. True, and apologies, I've been really cranky the last few days. No compromise at all. That's it. We've decided. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. I'm with you. <laughs> I think I'll just go and get myself a fox's glass here first. I don't know what I'm on the verge of, but I'm on the verge of something anyway. I think I'm on the verge of a break then. Anyway, let's go back to the football for a second. And Louise is struggling this week. Oh, she's struggling. Listen, she's struggling as a mead woman. She was honest with me. She says she doesn't know what all the hype is about. Yeah, <laughs> because you live in a loud family. I live in a loud Loud kids, yes. Yes, your all children are, are loud. all loud supporters, yes. so they are. And even Owen has the loud shirt as well. Yes. But you'll never wear the red and white. No. And you know what? You're a mead woman and you're mm-hmm. right. Your county's your county. And Keep it's thinking as of that, that man. What was his name? He was on with you very, very years ago. Yes. And he, you said to him, well, would you be allowed, man, because you've lived in RD for yes. how many years? And he said, no, you can live in many places in your life, but you can only be from one place. One place. I think he was from outside Kells. Yeah, that's right. Was it Tom Aaron? Is that No. Uh, I know the man you're talking about. And, 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 and that, that remark I'll find, I'll, I'll, did I'll tell. Yeah. His name. But it, it was really a brilliant, it a was brilliant, brilliant remark. It was brilliant. Summed it up. Kristen Jensen came up with a fantastic idea. She's the founder of Blaster Books and the sixth book in the series has just been published. The idea was to publish people who hadn't really ever been published in the past in cookery books, make it simple and compact and bijou, whatever words you like, and let's see what happens. Well, what happened is it's just been a roaring success. And as I said, number six in the Blaster Book series called Tapas is just out. It's by Anna Cabrera and Vanessa Murphy who are well known for the brilliant Las Tapas de Lola restaurant in Dublin. And they both join me on the line. Ladies, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much for having us on. Not at all. You're very welcome, both of you. Great to talk to you today. Uh, Vanessa, 
How did you two meet first and when did you meet? Back in 2008, was it? It was indeed, yeah. We uh, we worked on a project together down in uh, West Wicklow and uh, unfortunately it was uh, around the time of the uh, crisis, the financial crisis that hit, uh, hit many a business. So we were unfortunately made redundant back then, but uh, did a lot of navel gazing at that point. And uh, then I suppose the, the concept and notion of Lola uh, came to play. And you, are, of course, are an Irish woman, but you lived uh, in Spain on and off. You had big leanings towards the Spanish way of life and cuisine. I did indeed. Well, ever since I was a kid, I used to go on holidays in Spain with my family. But uh, I also studied Spanish literature and sociology in Trinity. So kind of over the space of about 20 years, I'd say I was uh, traveling in and out and living in and out of Spain. So uh, I've I've a a deep love for the country. (laughs) Half of your DNA is Spanish. Can we say that because of your association with it? Anna, for you, you are a Spaniard from Barcelona. Barcelona, that's correct, Jerry, yes. And uh, we've been living in Ireland for 22 years, so 50-50. 20, there's a big echo on your phone there. Are you standing close together or anything, no? I'm I'm going for a walk. Yeah, one of you step out and the other stay with me, Anna. You just stay there we are. So you, you were telling me you came to Ireland, what, in 2001, was it? 2001, correct, yeah. And what brought you here? What brought you to Ireland? Well, like many like many uh, others of Spaniards, we, uh, I came to learn English. I was coming for six months and um, I... Then decided that I loved it. I started working in hotels and I uh, I moved on uh, the ladder very quick. Um, and and then in 2008 I met Vanessa and we decided to open the business. But um, yeah, English was the first. Uh, you know that's that's why I came first. Yes, and Lola in the restaurant name. There are a few Lolas in your family, aren't there? There is, there is two Lolas on my side. There is my uh, great-grandmother was a Lola and then my uh, aunt who had passed in Barcelona all her life uh, is a Lola also. She's still alive and uh, she's, she's very proud. And I used to help her when I was, um, when I was little um, and that's where my love, uh, my love for uh, the industry came through also. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa, the, the book uh, Tapas, I, I love it. I have to say, like all of the books in this series, as I said, it's easy to follow. The recipes are beautiful in it. When Kristen came to you, uh, did you have any qualms about uh, the project? No, we were delighted when uh, when Kristen approached us. Uh, I think you mentioned it there in the opening uh, segment. She's uh, She's a great publisher. She's giving a voice to so many of us that might not normally get published, mm. uh, which has been fantastic. So she approached us there uh, last year, and um, I suppose we were just coming out of COVID. Um, so when, when we said, listen, let's go with this, it was a great idea. She, she mentioned about sending her an outline of what we thought we might include, but I don't think she expected to get the email so quickly because we'd been mm-hmm. already navel-gazing during COVID when unfortunately we were uh, closed for quite a quite a period of time so we'd already started working on an outline of a book so mm. uh, so the timing was perfect the timing was perfect tapas are fantastic and i'll tell you why i love them because if you've never sampled things before this is the way to do it this is the way to expand uh, your taste buds well we we often say you know the great thing about tapas it's all about sharing first mm. off and most of all you don't have to commit to any one dish so we find it a lot in Las Tapas de Lola. We might have families coming in and you might have kids who've never t- tasted octopus before. But, you know, the parents want to try it and then the kids get to try it because it's on the table and then fall in love with it. So 
So that's the great thing. You know, there's just so many, uh, such a variety of, of tastes and, and smells and, and everything that uh, there's always something for everybody. There certainly is. And between the covers of this book, there's loads for everybody, may I say. Um, Anna, in terms of your kitchen staples, uh, a couple of things jumped out at me. Chorito, I would have expected. Black pudding. Well, black pudding is a big thing in Spain. We have uh, we have so many different ones. Uh, we have uh, black puddings just to cook. Uh, so you use them on stews and, uh, and, and guisos, as we call them. And then you have a, you have cured black pudding that you can eat it. You know, once it's cured, you can just put in a piece of bread, uh, a little of olive oil, and off you go. Um, we we have black pudding. Uh, we love black pudding. <laughs> Potatoes and black pudding. It's uh, it's a staple in in Spain. Yeah. And do you do you source your black pudding here in Ireland? Have you any preferred black pudding, or do you take it in from Spain or what? We do. Well, the chorizo and the black puddings, we buy them from uh, we buy them from uh, a supplier that we have in here, but it brings produce from Spain. So uh, there's yeah. some things that we use uh, that we can use from from Ireland, which we delighted to. Uh, but the black pudding that we use, uh, it comes from Spain. It's a, it's a special one. It's, it comes from Burgos, which is a really famous area for the black pudding. And it's made with rice also. So it's, uh, it's absolutely delicious. And the piment on the paprika, uh, have you a preference for a, a brand there? I know there are different strengths and different aspects to it. But for listeners today, what would you recommend to them if they were going for one? For Spanish, uh, you just go to go for the La Vera. Um, it's a pimenton that is uh, from a special area in Extremadura, and it's it's just um, it's dry to, it's uh, dry in the sun, and it's smoked. And you have three different ones. You have the dulce, which is not spicy. You have the picante, which is a spicy one, and then you have the agri dulce, which is in between the two of them. It's not too spicy, not too sweet. Uh, but we use the, the sweet normally, and it gives that much of a special flavour that it, it makes the kitchen Spanish, uh, definitely by the by the colours and by the smells. My God, I'm I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling here to keep me composure with all these uh, different flavours that you're talking about there. Back to you for a moment, Vanessa. The other one that caught my attention, loads did. Uh, tripe stew, because you know Vanessa. When I was growing up, it's the one I I I'd eat any food to be honest with you. But do you know the Irish way of cooking tripe and milk with onions? Oh, Vanessa, I can't oh, take well. it. Well, there's a, I, I suppose there's two, there's two sides to that. Uh, one is, is yes, uh, we have a tradition here in Ireland of, of cooking our tripe with milk and onions and the smell throughout the house isn't all, oh, isn't the most favourable thing in the world. But, but um, the Spanish cook it in a very different way and, and they cook it using lots of different spices. So there's lots of cumin, there's lots of paprika, there's lots of garlic. Um, and the wonderful thing, I mean, when we, uh, Nikki Hooper did all the illustrations for, um, for our book, and what we were doing is we were sending photos of dishes, you know, once they were done, and then Nikki would, would work her magic on them for the illustrations. But we sent her a photo of the tribe, <laughs> and we just said, good luck to you, uh, to try and make it look nice. But she, but in fairness, when you, when you cook it in your house, the smells, through the aromas throughout the house are amazing, of all the, of all the cumin and the garlic and the pimenton. But also what Nikki ended up doing is she just took the tripe itself and did an illustration of it. And, you know, it's, it's actually quite a pretty looking it is. Uh, product. Yeah. It is. And, I, and, you, and, you, and you can put chorizo and black pudding in the, in the tripe also. And just the flavours are just, and a lot of bread. 
lot of oh I can say to both of you I cheered for joy when I turned the page and saw the recipe because I can't and uh, those memories of that stink through the house of the tripe <laughs> with the milk and the onions oh please never again please but you know people will say listening to us today maybe you'd take that Anna um, you know tripe uh, the stomach of an animal are you for real eating it it's beautiful isn't it it is, but I mean, like, you can think of uh, all, all the food comes, has to come from somewhere, and this one is special, but when you mix it, it's same same happened with the blood sausage, the black pudding, it comes from blood, mm. and who would think, you know, like, you, you would eat that, but once it's treated uh, properly, and you, you cook it with uh, with all these special ingredients, which gives a special flavor, it just makes a huge difference. Now, I have to say, lots of our customers tell us the story about the uh, the tribe with cooking milk and onions. And I, I, to be honest, it's something that I don't want to try, but I might try it one day because everybody talks about it. But no, I much better prefer, you know, like the way to cook it with, with all the all the oils and all the, uh, you know, paprika, black pudding, cherry sauce, the chickpeas on it. It makes a huge difference, you know. Yeah. So when you treat the dish and uh, the produce, yeah, but Jerry, also the, the, the Spanish are known for eating every part of, of an animal. Yes. You know? So um, we, we even did a special of pig's ear one time in Las Tapas de Lola. And uh, we, we, we priced it quite cheaply just so that we wanted people to, to, to try it. And people absolutely went mad for it. So it's, you know, the, the, the Spanish don't leave anything behind. They give everything a go. Anna, <laughs> Anna. My mum, yeah, my mum lo- loves pig's trotters. So um, it's, it's a delicious. Yes, Anna, I appeal to you, do not eat that tripe live on radio in Ireland today. Do not go down that road with the milk of onions. Just please take my advice. Vanessa, please have a word around there. Don't let this happen, in the love of God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, what about, uh, Vanessa, tomatoes? I'm an old amateur gardener myself, and I was putting in some tomato plants that I grew from seed last night in my tunnel and that. Um, I love the summer season with the Irish tomatoes, and we can grow amateur gardeners you know the tasty varieties and that how do you manage I'm thinking off season when you know tomatoes can be bland enough yeah well actually um, in, in recent months we've been working with a fantastic uh, family run business down in Wexford called uh, Collins right and uh, they are bringing in um, uh, vegetables basically every week from Spain and uh, while you get the most amazing tomatoes in Ireland during during the tomato season, mm. the, what breaks our hearts outside of that is looking at a tomato that might be coming all the way from Peru or Chile oh, yeah, or somewhere yeah. like that. Mm. But what they're doing uh, recently for us is they're bringing in specific tomatoes that we, we're requesting in from Spain. And the difference, we do a simple pan tomacat, which is the, the bread with the tomato. And we only recently had a customer customers in in our new restaurant, La Gordita, and they said, we were just in Lola's the other night. What have you done with the tomatoes? Because they grow their own tomatoes as well. And uh, we just explained that, unfortunately, we're actually bringing them direct in from Spain. And the difference just for that particular dish uh, is just mind-blowing. Good to hear. Uh, Anna, uh, omelettes. Irish people love omelettes, as you know. And uh, your tortilla, the Spanish omelette, it's a pretty Mm -hmm. simple omelette, isn't it? With potatoes and onions. I love the onions of this, by the way. Yeah, no, it is a a pretty simple dish and it's a staple, again, on on the Spanish uh, kitchen. And it's so simple. You just need to put a little bit of love uh, and uh, it, it takes no time. You know, you can, uh, something that you can do, make it for yourself, uh, just for one person, or you can make it for a family of eight if you want. Uh, so that's, uh, it, it depends of the, uh, of the quantity of eggs and potatoes you put. But it's a super simple dish. It's fast to make and it's, uh, and it's, uh, it's delicious. 
There are so many wonderful dishes. People mm-hmm. love the patatas bravas as well. What about your garlic ma- uh, mayo, uh, Vanessa? Well, we uh, I always laugh uh, having uh, gotten to know Anna's family so well over the last few years. And I suppose the recipe and how you make uh, yoli, the garlic mayo, yes. um, is... Is well, it's quite simple from the point of view that it's very few ingredients, but uh, there's a few tips in there that are very important. And one is to make sure that all your ingredients are at room temperature, but two, there is a skill to it. Um, and you may find that it'll it'll uh, split the first time you make it, just don't put it and try again. Um, and eventually, when you get the skill and you get the knack, you'll have the most delicious aioli. Can I say to both of you, and I've said this, I've interviewed each in turn uh, of uh, those who've uh, written these brilliant books. This is number six in the Blaster Book series. Mm -hmm. And I say to you both again, this is wonderful. I love your book. I absolutely love it. It's it's not complicated. It's straightforward. The illustrations, the explanations, the dishes. You have hit the nail on the head with tapas, may I say to both of you. Well, well, thank you very much. But we're, hope, we're hoping now with the sunnier times and coming into the summer now, people will be able to enjoy some tapas parties at home with the family and friends. That's the main thing. They will. And I will have to call into your restaurant. Now, I've never been, but I'd love to try it and I'll organise that over the summer months myself, please God. Yeah, but look, well done to both of you. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for having us on. Not at all. Congratulations to you. I love it, I'll say again. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Vanessa. All the best. Thanks. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. That's Anna Cabrera there, Vanessa Murphy. I recommend it highly to you. It's called Tapas. You won't miss it. There's an octopus on the front and a pink cover. It's number six in the Blaster Book series. Well worth getting and giving a go to. There's nothing more fun than trying something new in the kitchen. Late Lunch LMFM Radio. Back in a moment. Tom Grennan A little bit of love There's Loads of love On your late lunch Every afternoon Really great song that isn't it It really really is Back to some of your comments uh, Just remember says Frank in Drogheda You've a lot of Dublin listeners And supporters In the LMFM area uh, Remember that in the context Of the Leinster final Of course we remember it. Anybody out there are any dubs out there living in Loud? We'd love to hear from you on the show. 086-1800-658. Especially if you have your flags and your colours out wherever you live. Let us know. Are you a dub living in County Loud the surrounding areas? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, Louise, listen to this from a raid. And bear this in mind. I'm a staunch, staunch Mead supporter. I'll be cheering for Loud on Sunday. And all the towns and villages should deck out in red and white to boost the team as that man said earlier on on your show I hope changing the jerseys though won't put a jinx on them good luck loud says Marae there's a <laughs> mead woman cheering for loud good on you indeed but look before the break I was saying to the girls there weren't they fantastic Vanessa Murphy and Anne, Anna Cabrera about their book Tapas that you know it's great fun to go into the kitchen and try new things and mm. you being a kitchen queen yeah. I have Shocking news. I'm going to start crying and she'll cry when I tell you this. What happened in Louise's kitchen? She sent me the picture last night. Oh, your poor dish. A lasagna dish, was it? Lasagna. Dalmio lasagna dish. Why, yes. do, you, why do you say Dalmio? Because it says Dalmio on the inside of the dish. And oh. I bought it. Well, actually, I didn't buy it. Uh, but I have it 23 years ago. And I got it because at the time, Dalmio were giving them free if you bought two products. What? Yeah. You wouldn't get that now. 
It's you're a beautiful look, dish. Big massive lasagna dish. Like. You're lucky to get the sauce in the jar. Yeah. And if you do, you pay yeah. top dollar for it. If you bought two of them, uh, two jars of sauce, you got it free. Did you have to send away for it? Or no, was it there, no, there in was, the store? It was there, yeah. It was there in the store. Yeah. Fine dish it was. Now, I, when I looked at the picture, I thought Ceramic, she, she, yeah. she either dropped it or she mm-hmm. put it into the oven with nothing in it to bake nothing and it Which cracked. Which has happened. No, um... <laughs> In fairness, I was just trying to hold on to it as long as I could cause, because I've had it so many years. Yeah. And um, a crack started appearing on it. And I was going, okay, okay, okay this isn't looking good. Um, so I, when I went to take it out, I just knocked it off and, and that was it. It just uh, split yeah, it, right in two. It was obviously going and it just the touch on it, you know, made it part its mm, ways. But there was loads of those Dalmio dishes, you know, snapped up back people then. People got them for free. Yeah. Did you shed, really a, did you shed a little tear? I was very sad because my other dishes just don't cook lasagna like the way it does. Yeah, they're not the same size. This one's really big. And I'd say like twenty three years though, Louise. It's a long time 23 ago. Twenty three years shows you how many lasagnas I made. You made a lot because the dish actually cracked up. You made that many lasagnas. I did, but I'm sure loads of people go through so many dishes. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it was you know I've had it for that long. Like there you go. Twenty three years older than my kids. And it's gone now. It's in bits. It's parted okay. ways into the yeah, bin. Yeah, I just don't it. know whether to put it into... It's ceramic. Oh, no, no, Do you listen. put it into the recycling bin or the ordinary bin? Can it be recycled? Because it's ceramic. So. You'll no. have to put it into your black bin. Okay. So you will. You know, and uh, do put it in because I know you. <laughs> Super glue. <laughs> or else you'll put it away and say, look at me dish. Get <laughs> rid of it. It's gone. Now. 23 years. You, you, it owes you nothing. It really, really doesn't. Barry Cullen joined us top of the show. We were talking about the one-off Loud Leinster final jersey and all it entailed. There are still some available, but they're selling fast and uh, you can pick them up on Saturday at the Darver Centre of Excellence there and the whatever's left, as Barry was saying, will be sold then. All money's going to Team Loud. The support, all the teams, uh, the money it's costing has certainly gone up and that's reflected in the success, of course. Anyway, I asked you a question. In what year, what was the year Loud last appeared in the Leinster Championship final? It was 2010. Thank you to everybody who got in touch. Uh, the XL adult shirt is going to Joanna Lynch today. And Pauline Kyo, you've picked up the child's Leinster final shirt. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. But thank you to everybody who got in touch. Lots and lots and lots of correct answers. Now, it's a little bit different this week, but uh, let's hear the intro. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The Eurovision winner from 1976. There's a little twist on the theme. I normally count down the top five this week from a chart from a year going back. But with Eurovision on in Liverpool this week, I decided to just give it a little shake up and pick my own personal top five Eurovision songs. I love Eurovision, always have. But it's not easy to pick your top five. I wrote down the songs I've loved over the years and to try and pick five out of them, well, I was torn between certain songs but anyway here we go I began yesterday with the number 5 today I'm on my personal number 4 and I particularly love this one yes back to 1976 and there's just something about it it's just a real sing along a feel good one Eurovision winner from Brotherhood of Man Will you promise that you'll say your kisses for me say no 
I dare you to say you don't love that song. It's absolutely brilliant. Yes, Brotherhood of Man, kisses from here. I was singing my head off there. Sinead Brazzer stuck her head in the door and said, what's going on there in the studio? No, I didn't prop the microphone. Dare not. But anyway, that just rings a bell with me. My number four in Eurovision countdown this week, Brotherhood of Man, save all your kisses for me, going back to 1976. And I'll bring you my three two and number one over the coming days a hard choice I'll be changing my mind I think a bit over the coming days but Eurovision on tonight and we wish them well the Irish representatives Wild Youth watch uh, them tonight it'll be a great production as Ken O'Sullivan said earlier from the BBC in Liverpool this evening 15 songs 10 to qualify for the final fingers crossed that we get the votes from Europe to get the boys through to the final because I think if they get through to the final it's a decent song one of the biggest days out of the summer is happening this very weekend yes Dundery Fair is back it's its 19th year and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the PRO of Dunderry, Jerry Comiskey Jerry, welcome to the show thanks so much Jerry, for having us not at all you're very welcome next I'm just thinking Please God, this time next year, it really will be a landmark 20, won't it? Please God, 20. We'll, we'll get this one out of the way, hopefully, <laughs> and it'll go well and we'll scoot on towards 20 years. So a lot of charity, uh, a lot of charities helped, a lot of money raised over 19 years now, which is what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, the fair has everything and anything has. I was just looking down the list of what's happening in Dunderry uh, at at the weekend. There's something for everybody in the audience. Yeah, there really is, and it's at a good it's at a good value at a good price point. Uh, there's music, uh, there's cattle. It's evolved into a sort of a multi-family uh, experience, a big family day out. So from the street fair, the traditions of a street fair, all the way to the headline music, uh, Cleona, Matt Levy, and Co. Yeah, and the music, I just saw Cleena Hagen there starting off events on the main stage, but it goes right through the evening and into the early hours yeah, as well. Yeah, it goes on, goes on a wee bit. We're going almost a little electric picnic. We've three stages on the go. So <laughs> oh, three? We, yeah, yeah, we have driving competition and we have the Annalee Cayley Band on stage two. We have some of the local musicians down at the school. And then on the main stage, we have Matt Levy, Cleona, uh, the Highwayman local chap and uh, Brandit. So loads of stuff going on for every taste musically. Jiving is hugely yeah, popular, big. isn't it? Like it's Absolutely a massive. it's a big competition, and people like oh god, they give it their utmost they don't they, to win all. this title. They sure do. They come from far and wide, and and I'm sure you're aware. Last year we had a, a winning couple from uh, Eden Derry, and on their weekend away, which was in the Red Castle Resort up in Donegal, a beautiful resort, they got engaged on foot of uh, on foot of the jiving competition. So a lot of love and Dunderry, as they say. What a lovely yeah. story, and that leads me nicely to the matchmaker. And I want to mention somebody who's no longer with us, and I met him in this very studio many moons ago and he was a terrific man the late Tom Feeney yeah the late and, and the great now you say Tom, Tom Feeney and you certainly remember meeting Tom I mean Tom Tom was a cattle dealer a sheep trader uh, a matchmaker and many many other things a Shanachie and just that unique type of character that was always at a fair and Tom would have attended all parts and corners of, of the island uh, with his dad and his father before him at fairs so he was the real deal and it's in the sense of that tradition that we try and keep things going Yeah and we remember him today but the tradition lives on and lives strong so listen you mentioned love a moment ago in the, in the context of jiving but there is a real serious aspect to this if you're looking for a match Dunderry's the place to go this weekend Dunderry's the place to be whether it's a match in the romantic sense or uh, maybe you're just looking to match up some livestock with some that you already have so (laughs) all sorts of matching going on Jerry yeah we can match anything you want 
never even crossed my mind. <laughs> Always selling, Jerry. You have to be selling. And when you talk about livestock, can yeah. you can you go to Dunderry and come home with a with a bullock? Oh, you certainly can, and several if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, we, we do concentrate on the rare breeds. So some of those old domestic breeds that have maybe gone out of out of fashion, but are making a bit of a resurgence. Uh, we have the Balmoral uh, uh, Highland cattle, the famous Michelle Shahansi is bringing those along. And uh, that's kindly sponsored by Karen Ross Martin. We thank them. So we have all sorts of rare breeds of sheep and cattle and the kids can get up, you know, safe. It's a controlled environment. It's veterinary approved. So it's a safe environment for kids to see things that they mightn't just otherwise see on a, see mm. a commercial farmer passing through the roads. of. Have you named two cattle again this year? Because we talked about this in the past. Yeah, there's, the always a, there's always a prize going on and, and the, the, the Facebook and the social media lights up with the, there's naming of cattle and there's naming of a young foal that recently arrived actually to Tom's son-in-law Gus so there's loads of competitions within competitions ongoing I would like to get the school kids involved and all the young people involved and uh, indeed they made their, the ad that's featuring on your station presently so there's loads of interactive stuff with the community in the preparation um, and in the marketing and, and all of the collateral that goes with that so I it's was, all good fun I was looking at the machinery as well God yeah. almighty it's a place to go if you're into your farm uh, machinery yeah. and tractors isn't it loads of vintage stuff and loads of displays of that and we're lucky there's so many local guys that are really into that and uh, there's some uh, not only rare animals but rare machinery and, and, and all sorts of rare characters knocking about the machinery as well so you'll, you'll have plenty of entertainment Characters is the thing synonymous the with Dunderry and of mm. course people love the crafts and the, the, the craft makers as well the, I'm talking about the food and all that type of stuff this has become an integral part of it yeah, as well Yeah look and all these the festivals are going a little bit artisan so we have some really really good food we have uh, you know some specialist people coming into town for the first time on the food side of things uh, we have uh, we have the tinsmith coming from Bohemian uh, Tom King, he's a famous man, and we have um, Madden's doing their doing their shoeing of the, of the horses. So that's not something you get to see up close too often. So it's really recreating all the sights and the sounds of what would have went on, you know, in, in years gone by. So a little bit of a transport back in time, really. It is there is an educational aspect to this, despite the crack and the music and the characters. There's something to maybe learn a little. If, oh, if you're not it's wonderful in. to yeah. see those crafts from yesteryear, and there are still skilled people carrying them on. And this is a great opportunity at Dunderry the weekend. If you've never seen this before, to go there. I mentioned the food, of course, we're at the Boyne Valley Trail here, the Boyne Valley producers, etc. Right in the heart of it all. Yeah, and Boyne Valley have been very good too. So, and, and some of our guys are with them tomorrow on the on Balmoral on the stand up there, promoting the fair and helping to promote the wider, uh, I suppose, mead tourism uh, um, endeavour. And they're very good at it, I have to say. They're really making mm. great strides, so well done to them. Uh, how long are, are you involved with Dunderry yourself? It feels like about 77 <laughs> years, uh, but I think this is my year seven, Jerry. Yeah, I, my, 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 uh, my time is going going quick, but I'm enjoying it and it's a great way to get to know people. I'm not from there originally, not from too far away in, in Delvin. And a great way to get to know people, you know, like the local GA club in Dunderry, the, the fair is really heart of the community. Mm. It's a big part of it. Everybody gets involved, you know, from the, the GA, the LGFA, obviously the, the, the Camogie, uh, you know, River Rescue, the amount of people that get involved here is incredible and everybody knows what they have to do they turn up they do it very well and all the, the event planning that has to be done is done but people really do know where they fit in and they, they're part of it and they enjoy it everybody stays around there's a bit of you know the music as you said does go on unofficially uh, into the late uh, late hours, yeah. hours yeah. Yeah. now yeah. for practical sense for people listening today for Sunday what time does it begin at where do they park their cars etc and how do they get tickets yeah well the, the car parking is, uh, is free 
as always and on all the approach roads and it's well signposted and, and well managed we feel uh, there are tickets available um, in, on Eventbrite for in advance sales and they're going well but your tickets of course can be bought on the, on the day and we do genuinely feel that for everything that's going on including the, the music and the headlines we've just discussed that at 15 euros for adults and at 5 euro uh, 10 to 18 and of course under 10s go free it is good value and we do want to emphasise that everything is going to charity one of our main charities uh, this year is Friends of St Luke's where poor old Tom Lord Reston partly was taken care of and indeed we probably all know someone at this stage who's had a little bit of care in St Luke's and Ratgar they do amazing work and again it's just given a little bit back but to answer your question loads of free car parking you can pay on the day but maybe better to pay on Eventbrite up front if you, if you can uh, there is never too much uh, queuing get in at about 11, 12 o'clock have the, have the breakfast or even some people come in later in the evening I mean obviously loud of a big day on Sunday they're heading for the Lens final and we, we wish them well and Lua Boo as they say but maybe pop in on the way back and, and enjoy a bit of music well on into the evening That's the thing I was going to say you don't have to be there from the very beginning it's open right through the day Absolutely. and there's, you know the day continues with entertainment and everything else besides there's a lot of work there's a lot of planning goes into this a lot of work. I don't have to tell you and, Yeah and a lot of work a lot committee. of work behind the scenes uh, and for a sustained period of time and uh, you know a great committee but really, it's the people of the village and, 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 and the wider uh, areas that, that make it. Everybody jumps in and does their thing. Mm. Nobody really has to be you know, pushed, pushed or shoved into any particular role. Everybody just gets on with it. And sure, we have a bit of crack as we go along as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. The weather for Sunday. Well, like, you know, I was looking at the weather forecast there. It's a reasonable day on Sunday. Yeah, it's yeah. coming around now. Certainly, yeah. the, the couple of days coming for the latter end of this week. I think things are going to dry up nicely. And please God, it'll be OK on, on Sunday. So if you are thinking of stepping out for the day, we think it's uh, the place to be. You wanted to mention somebody from LMFM before you... Yeah, Seamus is, has been a great uh, supporter and friend of the fair for, for many years. And uh, last year I got involved, unfortunately, in a bit of a purchase of a donkey that he got involved in. I'm not sure how that uh, ended up. We'll have to get the, the end of that story some <laughs> other day. But a great fun with Seamus always. He, he gets the spirit of it. And Helena, equally, I'd like to mention, who was down with Helena us on, Mullins. On, uh, Mullins on, on, the, on the coaster every, every, every year. I mean, they just seem to love the fair and we love having them. And mm. LMFM have been a great supporter of us and we thank you all. Thank all you guys oh, we're for that. delighted yeah. to be part part and parcel because that's what we're about at the heart of local communities right across the northeast. God, we could have a story there. There was a song that Val Dunigan used to sing, Delaney's Donkey. It's now Farley's Donkey. Well, we're going to follow lines of inquiry there for sure after today. Today, don't, Jerry. Ask me, don't ask me to sing it, Jerry. You've been doing, you've been doing well already. <laughs> me neither. We, we'll, we'll stay away from that for sure. Listen, it's been great that you've popped into us, Jerry. Wish you well. Dunderry is the place to be this Sunday. It's the uh, big festival in the northeast at the start of summer, and they do a wonderful, wonderful job each year. And I say to you again, there's something for everybody in the family at Dunderry for the moment. Thank you again for dropping in, Jerry. Many thanks, Jerry. Yourself. That's it on late lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Paul McKenna is on his way with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio and we'll be back with your midweek late lunch from 1.30 Wednesday. Have a lovely evening. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.